This week's guest is Freddie Yan. We play baseball together at Eastern University. He is a middle education major and somebody that I know that has an extremely strong faith and is grounded in his faith and uh, wants to spread the word of Jesus Christ and God to uh, to all that he can. Uh, so here is the podcast with Freddie Yan. I will tell you before we begin that there was a few technical difficulties. Uh, we could not use the video feature because of poor connection. So this week we just rocked with the audio experience. So I hope you guys enjoy. Pop on a pair of headphones, sit back, and relax. How it relates to baseball Sorry, I and what? Connection. You bay connection? Hello? Um, I couldn't really hear you. Yeah, it kind of cut out for a second. Uh, I was kind of just asking, like, um, I've I've heard you talk about like this faith journey you've been on, and uh, over the years, like battling battling baseball and and finding the youth uh, your youth group and stuff like that. Can you just tell me, like, kind of what your faith is and and how it's kind of helped you and what is the journey's been? Yeah, well. As you probably know, I'm a Christian, um, and yeah, I, I did talk about that when I shared my testimony through my Instagram, and basically what I was trying to say is when I put my identity in baseball, it wasn't really a firm foundation. Like, it was something that I really love to do, and I love to play baseball, obviously, but it was something that, you know, it didn't fill me up. Like, my moods would depend on how I played and that ended up not being a good cycle because, you know, that's just no way to live. But when I really surrendered my life to Christ is when I got that fulfillment. And I really felt like the void in my heart was filled. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's just been an amazing experience coming to know Christ and, you know, just experiencing his love and getting to show that love with that others. Um, I mean, the reason I'm so active on social media is because like I believe Jesus is the way to heaven and like having a faith in him and you know I, I know how much he loves us all and um I just want other people to be able to experience that also so yeah that's that's so, just what I would say a little a uh, little recap of your of your testimony um you said giving giving yourself to Christ honestly like honestly man I've grown up uh in Christianity and I was taught it as a kid and, right. but I never really had like a strong foundation and and, and when you said uh, like kind of giving yourself to Christ what does that like mean what does that look like like yeah, I can't well, I think that's a great question Steve um, Alex, can you hear me uh, yeah you're cutting in a lot but you should be good now okay yeah I think that's a great question Steve and what it looked like for me was I saw this movie, Son of God, kind of like I talked about in the testimony. And when I realized that Jesus did indeed die on the cross, and I really do believe that he died for my sins, what giving my life to Christ looks like is trying to give him glory from all that I do. Like I, I'm ultimately doing it for him and to show, show him to other people, I would say. And, um, trying to think of how to expand on that. 
it's really like you're living for something even bigger than yourself. Like I see it on Instagram all the time. Like if you had the cure for cancer, you'd go around telling everyone about it for sure. And like in Jesus Christ, I believe that's the cure for death and the, the way into heaven. So that's why I'm really vocal about it. And kind of surrendering your life to Christ is a daily process. It's not something where you've done it and that's it. It's like a gradual thing. You continue to grow as you, as you pursue trying to be more like Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help you with that. And, um, I, th I think you're breaking yeah, out I mean, of for me, the point of trying to, because, you know, if you have a friend who you're really close with, you're, you're going to want to be in a constant contact with them. So that's kind of how I, I've tried to be with God and everything. So, so this journey coming up through, I mean, when did you, when did you say you really like found, found Christ? I mean, like coming up through high school, did you have these same, uh, the same sort of passion and, and, uh, attitude towards this? Well, it was definitely a part of my life, but it wasn't the part of my testimony. I kind of let it take a back seat to baseball, but I grew up in a Christian household, so I did believe that Jesus was Lord before towards the end of high school, but it wasn't something that I was as vocal about. And it wasn't something that I kept at the center of my life as much. But ever since that, where I really joined my youth group and um, I, I've really tried to pursue my faith more and put that at the center of what I do. And it, it's honestly let me enjoy things more because, you know, with baseball, like I said, I was living, living and dying based off my performance. But once I really gave my life to Christ, it was like, man, this is a game I love to do. I'm doing it for him. And of course, I hope I do well, but if I don't, it, it doesn't define who I am, that kind of thing, I would say. That's interesting. I mean, just coming from somebody that really, myself, like I kind of, um, I have a hard time uh, conceptualizing uh, like that that part of it. Honestly, that part of it exactly. And I'm, and I'm not sure if like everybody, everybody that doesn't, follow uh, follow the same kind of faith and stuff like that i'm not sure if they really can conceptualize that sort of um like doing doing things for christ and uh as you as you pursue your journey throughout life and throughout your 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 faith your faith journey how for somebody that doesn't know how does that uh how does that feel like when you're when you're doing something for example, baseball, like you were so concerned about it at one point because it was your performance and it was everything to do with you. But once you kind of removed yourself out of it and kind of gave your, gave the performance and gave yourself to Christ, what is like, how, how, how can you help somebody like me conceptualize that? Is it kind of just taking well, yourself, you know, is it kind of, is it kind of just taking yourself away from it and like, listen, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to play whatever happens today. It well, happens. I think it comes from what your identity is in. And yeah, well, I think, um, I think a big part of it is what do you find your identity in? And for so long, I just based it on, 
I'm a baseball player. This is what I do. I have to be great at this, really good at that kind of thing. But honestly, when I say I'm doing it, it doesn't mean like I'm doing it for Christ and I, I don't care about anybody on the team or something like that. Like the fact that I was doing it for Christ and that I'm trying to be, you know, live my life like Jesus. Jesus obviously, well, I believe was the perfect person. And one of the main attributes that he had was humility. So for me, it put me in my place realizing, you know, I'm not bigger than a team. So I'm here to glorify God and help the team win today. However that looks and, you know, I, I was blessed at Eastern that I got a lot of playing time, but, you know, I know, also know what it's like to be riding the bench too. Like I rode the bench plenty in high school and it's a lot harder when you're on the bench to be able to still, you know, keep your teammates in the center and try and um, help the team win however you can. And it's a lot harder to be selfless than, but honestly, I think my, um, my faith journey really helped me, has helped me in baseball when I was playing, it helped me put the team before myself and know that, um, you know, I'm not bigger than the game or anything like that. Yeah. That's interesting. You said, uh, like finding your ident- identity and oftentimes, uh, a lot of people find, they feel like their identity is in, is solely in what they do and right. what they do is only a fraction of what their identity actually is. So like for myself playing mm-hmm. baseball and uh, trying to be an influence on the team and uh, starting this podcast to talk to individuals like yourself, like mm-hmm. these are, these are all sort of things that I do. I wouldn't define myself as like just a baseball player. I'm just a baseball player. No, I feel like I'm right. I feel like identity. When you talk about identity, it goes so much deeper than that. What kind of, what kind of, it, it's like what makes you tick kind of. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's encouraging to hear like that you're not getting sucked into putting your identity into either of those things, because it's not a firm foundation. If you put your identity in those things, like if I had my identity solely in baseball, the past two years, I'd probably be miserable. Like the year before I got hurt and couldn't play. And then this year our season got cut short due to the, pandemic like if my identity was in baseball I'd be like man this really stinks I I can't believe this what you know what's going on but because my identity is in Christ and I really think Christ is a firm foundation because I know he's not somebody who's um, going to leave me I know he's always going to be there and that being said that doesn't always mean that life's easy like there are going to be things in life where I just think that you know wow, I don't understand why that happened. But, you know, for me, I just, I try and trust in God's sovereignty. And also, um, also with that, just knowing that this is a fallen world we're living in. Like, sin has entered the world and it's not what it should be because of that. But, you know, as a Christian, I have the hope of better days ahead. Like, I, I know that this life isn't just it because I know Christ laid down his life on the cross for me so I know there's a another life waiting for me in heaven and then f- from there one day I believe that Jesus is going to return and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and there's 
not going to be suffering or death or tears or anything like that. And that's something that just encourages me. It just reminds me of how, you know, temporary these afflictions in life are, although they definitely can be difficult. I might got a little off topic there, but no, 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 it's perfect. Like the whole, the whole idea of, uh, being grounded in something that's sort of even outside of yourself uh like it can it can be it can be so like so powerful and honestly in my life i haven't really had any uh anything like that and i never really dove into uh dove into my faith or any religion for that matter but it's kind of like for me to conceptualize it when struggling happens and you kind of turn to god and you know god will god won't leave you and, and jesus won't leave you um to me, it's like, it's like kind of, it's kind of when, when things start going wrong in my life and I kind of take a step back and like once, when things immediately happen, obviously there's emotions of turmoil and you're kind of freaking out when things, when things do go wrong, but to have like, to to have a sort of like a neutral mind when things do come to that and like stepping out of yourself and stepping out of the situation and, and realizing listen, there will th- be things that do happen to me that are outside of my c- control 100%. But it's also how yeah. I how I react to those situations is the only thing in my control. So I'm going to react in the best way that I can. And that's, that's like been another thing for me as I'm kind of going through my own journey in life. You know what right. I mean? Finding, being able to step outside of my, uh, outside of these situations that uh, I am going through struggle and stuff like that. What, um, so you're talking about when you, when you experience struggle, you kind of look to, you look to God and you, and you are grounded in your faith and what's going on. What have some of those struggles been for you? Well, I think a lot of them really, um, can be involving baseball like one of the things that was like tougher for me to go through in my career was in high school I had the I had the yips which for those who don't know listening to this the yips is basically where something that should be easy for you becomes really difficult so for me getting the yips in baseball means behind the plate as a catcher I couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher for quite a while yeah I had the I had the yips senior year of high school too man Really? I, couldn't, I could, th- I, for some reason I was throwing probably one of the hardest I've ever thrown in my baseball career, but I couldn't find the strikes on it all. Like literally I would throw it yeah. eight feet over the catcher's head, uh, two feet in front of me in the dirt on the mound. It was insane. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's no joke. The yips are real. Yeah. The, <laughs> the yips are unfortunately real and man, it's awesome that we could laugh about it now. Right. But, um, yeah. They but tell yeah, you that's something about it though. Yeah, it's yeah, um <laughs> it's annoying to talk about, I guess, but yeah, that's something I went through and it's kind of funny to talk about, but for me, because my identity was so rooted in baseball at the time, well, I was still trying to get out of that anyways, but it was something that I'd done for so long and been good at, and then all of a sudden I wasn't and I felt like people were making fun of me and laughing at me and being like, wow, how come Fred can't do this? Mm-hmm. What'd you say? They're, they're yeah. judging you by your performance, yeah. 
yeah, judging me by my performance. And that was something where I kind of got to a point where I was like, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over this in my career. And I mean, I just kind of had to surrender that and realize that that might never happen. But it was awesome to be able to get behind the plate this past year and be able to to throw normally again. I mean, I threw a runner out this year, and it was the only set, the second runner I threw out in college. And the first one was like my first game of college baseball ever. So it was yeah, like, yeah. wow, it all came full circle then. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I mean, other than that, I guess it's just been um, maybe like, I don't know, dealt relationships and stuff like that, I guess. But, you know. Well, I know, I know one, one struggle for me, even coming through, coming through high school, well, I don't know if you know, but my, my brother, he passed away uh, my senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, and this was, uh, this was like, when was it? It was like basically like beginning of baseball season kind of started we were just coming out of like winter workouts getting ready for the season and stuff like that right and so it happened and honestly it really it definitely it definitely affected me but yeah being as young as I did honestly it was like it was hard to even conceptualize the first few months and uh going to school well I, I didn't go to school for a few months but playing baseball mm -hmm. again, it was kind of like an outlet for me to kind of just like to escape from the absolute shit that has been going on in my life in that yeah. moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, something that was tough for me, like in, in high school, the, the head coach came up to me and it was, uh, cause midway through the season, like my performance started to kind of drop. It wasn't really anything crazy. But he took me out of the game, basically. He yeah. took me out, yeah. benched me, and I didn't see the field for the last couple of weeks, a couple of weeks of the season. So after we, I obviously, yeah. I asked, I obviously asked him why, why he took me out and everything, and he told me that I would because he took me out because of a, I was a liability because of what happened in my life. So. Oh wow! Now personally, what ha what's happening now is spilling it spilling over into the only thing that actually was like kind of grounding me at that moment, you know, baseball, like kind of just getting out on the field with my friends and playing and, and just, just being there in the moment. And like, that has been something yeah. that I, that, that really, that was hard to get through because I was like, no matter how, how hard I was working and no matter how, how, how much I prepared for it, because he saw this as a liability in my life, he took me out of the game and took me out of the thing that I love. Yeah. So, so for me, like it wasn't, I didn't really get down on myself, so to speak, but like, it was kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of like, uh, it wasn't really a wake up call. It was like a, it was like a punch in the face really because, because of how hard I was working. Yeah. And it just, and it just shows you like, it shows some people that, that might not know that, haven't played sports like you could you can work and work and work and you could be performing not the best but average and stuff like that but still it's your playing time is still out of your control yeah so grounding in your so i can i i, I see how how grounding in your, yourself in something other than like a baseball or a sport it's the best thing you can do for yourself i did want to 
how was how was coming over your thumb injury this past season? Because I know that was hard oh, that, uh, so, last um, season. It was actually a hook, hook of the hamate injury. Yeah. So it was a hook of the hamate injury and mm. basically lower on my left hand around my wrist. Um, they had to remove a remove a bone. Like they removed the hook of the hamate because it's not a bone that I needed. Um, physically, it was a good recovery. Like once once the eight weeks went by, I was swinging, I was doing everything, and it took me a little bit to get acclimated. But I felt like I was prepared for this past season when all was said and done. But honestly, mentally, it was tough to go to the games and kind of feel like I was powerless because I would just go to the games and try and support you guys and just watch. But I knew that there was nothing I could do to help the team win from a on the field kind of thing. Like a lot of the time it just meant, all right, Freddie, you have to go do the scoreboard today because there was really nothing else I could do besides that. But it wasn't something that crippled me or I didn't let it, ruin everything or anything like that because I knew my identity wasn't in baseball but I really wanted to be out there playing but it when I look back on it it really just made me realize that that only Christ can fill the void in my heart and like I really believe that everything else is not a sufficient way to fill that void because I could look at all these different things that I could choose to try and fill my void like it could be people, but you know, as people we're sinful, so we're gonna fail each other at some point. It's just how we are. I could try to do that with financial gain, but you know, when you try and put all your when you try and put all your hope in money or something like that, you're just gonna want to covet more and want to get up higher. And you can't take that stuff with you when you're gone, anyways. I could try and put it in um in a sports team or something, but then my moods depend on how they play. And there's just all these different things that I could try to put my hope in, but I know that all those things are going to fail me at some point. So that's why I've really just tried to um, hone in on my faith more. And it's like, and yeah, that that's kind of where I was at with it, where I know if I had that injury, Steve, if I had that injury, early during high school or something, I would have been so miserable. I probably would have been a terrible person to be around because that was just like, that was it. Baseball was it. Like that was all I was doing. And that was almost all that. that I, the last straw for you. Yeah. It would have been like, wow, I don't have baseball. What am I going to do with my life now? But it, it didn't end up being like that at all. It was like, yeah, this stinks. I'm not out there, but you know, I'm okay. This is all right. Yeah. So for, for, for those listening like there that might be might feel like they're missing something and i and i watched your uh, your testimony you were talking about how tom brady he even like accomplished all that he accomplished and uh who is it who is it, who else did you did you say in that it's tom brady and somebody I think else i referenced michael jordan yeah michael jordan yeah, michael jordan although all those top athletes and even like jeff bezos and stuff like that they've accomplished almost everything that they accomplished in their life and business whatever for somebody that's that's like that feels like they're missing something, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's the first step that they can really do to like try try looking to their faith or Jesus Christ for to fill that void? Yeah, that's an awesome question, and I would encourage them to um, 
I would say you can definitely start in the Gospel of John. That's a book in the Bible found in the New Testament. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. And it's, um, there's, so there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all of them tell the story of Jesus Christ and, you know, how he died, how he resurrected, some of the deeds that he did while he was here, um, who he was. And, and when you read, when you read that, just know that the people who wrote those stories were writing them, knowing that they could be persecuted or even killed for writing them. So that's a big reason why I'm trustworthy of it is because that these people were risking their lives to get this out there. And I, I, I really believe that they wouldn't do such a thing if it wasn't because they really saw these things happen because if you're, if you're ready to die and you've been living for a lie the whole time, I got to believe that you're going to say, you know, I don't actually, Jesus didn't actually resurrect from the dead. Like that's all they would have had to say, say to get out of that, but they didn't. So, so if I were to just give advice for how you can start a relationship with Jesus Christ today, if you really want to invite him in your heart, I would just say, Jesus, there's so much I don't know, but I want a relationship with you. Help me to, to walk with you each day. And, you know, for me, what that looks like is I pray each day. I talk to God each day. I, I say what I'm thankful for. I say the ways that I fell short during the day. Um, I talk about my day. I, I pray for people. I ask God things that I feel like I need help with. And that's kind of my what my prayer life looks like. Kind of just have like a, you try to make it like a, like just a relationship. Yeah. It's talk, not so much, talk to. Yeah. It's not so much a religion as it is a relationship. I think when people look at religion, they think, you know, oh, there's so many rules to follow and I can never do this. And, and Steve, I'm telling you right now, there's nobody on earth who lives up to every single one of everything in the Bible. Like we all fall short in our own ways. That's why Jesus died on the cross because on our own, we could never do enough to deserve heaven. So that's one of the most freeing things is I know that when I mess up, like, yeah, I mess up. I don't feel, obviously I don't feel good about messing up, but I know that I can sincerely go to God in prayer and ask forgiveness and, and receive that forgiveness from him. And it's not something I deserve, but it's something that he's merciful and, and he forgives me not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And it's, it's one of the most freeing things. And you know, when you realize, man, this is like so much grace and I don't deserve it. It, it turns, it makes you want to do more good because like, think of this, think of the, the best gift you've ever gotten on Christmas. Let's say you probably might've been like, wow, this is, this is too much. I, I don't deserve this, but I'm willing to bet that you didn't Never. actually take that gift <laughs> and give it back to the person. So it's kind of like that when you have a relationship with Jesus, it's just all this, all this grace and mercy that you don't, and love that you don't deserve. You haven't done anything on your own to merit it, but you just get to receive it. And it's like, it's so amazing and freeing that, I mean, that's, that's why I'm I'm talking to you tonight that we get to have a conversation about this. And that's why when I'm 
when I do my um, Bible readings each day, I, I'm putting the thing that stood out to me most on my Instagram because I know, yeah, these people might not being uh, might not be reading the Bible right now, but you know, here's something that I'm going to put in front of them that has helped me. So, all right, this is something that I honestly battle with. I got to ask you something. Right. Do you believe sure. that the Bible is God's word? Because I know, I know, yeah, going, I going to Eastern. See, like, all right, this is a question that right. I'm being, I'm, I'm not trying to like be disrespectful or anything. No, no, but yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I just, I have a hard time believing the believing what the Bible says and everything, just because everybody goes around saying it's God's word and everything, but right, it's honestly not really God's word though. It's it was his disciples that wrote about him, right? I got that right. So yeah, his disciples. There are disciples who wrote about Jesus, but it's more than just that. There are plenty of people in the Old Testament way before Jesus who, who, who wrote things of what happened. And a lot of the amazing thing about the Bible is even in the Old Testament that was wrote thousands of years before Jesus came, a lot of it still points to his future coming, which is one thing that really stands out to me. And from what I hear you saying, you know, it does sound kind of weird, right? When you think that, think of how the Bible is written by human beings, but we say it's God's word. Is is, mm-hmm. is that something that kind of like trips you up a little bit? You're yeah, not sure about that, and right. not that, and the fact that the Bible's been kind of rewritten and and interpreted by so many different people over the course of history. So what we're like, right. who we're hearing it from, and what we're and and what edition we're reading, it kind of just it kind of affects your perception of it to an extent and it always will i think yeah there are um there's definitely different versions out there and it's definitely been um been passed down over time i would say but it's also out of any book ever written there's definitely not been one that's been as closely translated as the bible and it's been written in so many different languages, which is so awesome because so many people can read get it. to hear it. Yeah, so many people get to read it. So many people get to hear it. And, you know, I think that's a fair point, but something that really, um, that keeps me grounded in believing that it's God's word is that it's not just these normal people um, deciding to, write something down it's people inspired by the holy spirit writing something down that they witness happen firsthand and you'll find in the bible that a lot of things that have that some of the things that happen they'll write people's names down and at the time it was being written those people <clears throat> were alive so it's kind of like a way of saying these people are eyewitnesses you can go talk to them about it so that, that kind of thing is one thing that um makes me believe that it's trustworthy and you know one thing that i find a lot of people thinking is 
the New Testament, yeah, that seems like it's plausible to me, but I'm not sure about the Old Testament. And one of the big reasons why I believe that the Old Testament is the Word of God is because Jesus says it is. He often refers to things that happen in the Old Testament himself. And it goes down to who you think Jesus is. Jesus was either God, like he said he was, or he was a lunatic. But for me, I'm willing to believe that he wasn't a lunatic. Because, I mean, like, really, you don't go around saying that you're the son of God unless you're actually him or you're just a lunatic. Like, yeah, you right. say something like that. If you, went around, if you went around saying that to people nowadays, you'd probably get put in jail. Yeah, they'd be like, this guy is crazy. He yeah. needs help. Something probably like that. To himself. But the reason why... The reason, yeah, yeah. The reason I'm willing to believe that he is who he said he was is because there's no way a crazy person could have had the moral principles that he had. Mm. Like the things that he taught other people yeah. are just so amazing. That's I that's honestly one thing that people say to work. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you got it. You're good. Sorry. Um I um honestly that's the when I when I have children when they grow up, I'm going to bring them up as a Christian because that's the one thing that I had did take. I definitely did take away from my faith and my upbringing was the morals that I learned through Christianity. And I got to say, there's right. obviously everybody has their own right and wrong in the world. And truth is obviously uh, subjective, but what Christianity teaches, it teaches to be a good person, to treat people how you want to be treated. And it teaches people what they need to be taught as a kid. And honestly, like that's, that's been one of the only things I've got from it. Right. Yeah. So what, um, what do you think it would take for you to like, I don't know, um, like dive into it or dive into it. Like, um, uh, like what, what do you think it would take for, like, if you said I'm going to try this out or, or something like that. Like what would it take for you? Honestly, it wouldn't take much because I'm, uh, I'm just innately, uh, interested and like kind of, uh, yeah, I'm just interested in the question of God. Honestly, personally, if I were to distinguish myself as something like that, I would probably say I'm agnostic because I, I believe that there is a God and there is some form of higher right. being in there, it's it's almost undeniable because some things are just too good to be chance and stuff like that. And I see, right. and it's not that God has necessarily presented himself in my life because I, right. at, at this point in my life, I don't think he has. Okay. But the things that do seem uh, a little off, like like certain things that uh, that remind me of my brother and stuff like that. Right. Like some things are a little bit too spot on where like there could be an afterlife and there could be, so I'm not I'm not undermining, but I'm I'm I have the question 100 percent and I'm interested. I just don't know where to start really. <laughs> and I guess starting would be like reading the Bible, right? Yeah, I would. So from what I understand, the Gospel of John is the easiest of the four Gospels to read. So you could find that anywhere. You could go online and just look up the Gospel of John, and I mean you could read it over time and see what you think. I mean, me, like, I'll be honest, I'm not a guy who says I'm going to read the Bible for like three hours today. 
I'm more so somebody who likes to break it up into smaller increments. Like I've been on this read the Bible in a year plan. Yeah. Was, and this I is my fourth. Thinking. Yeah. And this is actually my, my fourth time doing it. So I, I've read through it three times. This is my fourth time right now. And what it does is it takes something in the Old Testament. It takes something in Psalms and Proverbs and it takes some Psalms or Proverbs and then it takes something in the New Testament. It takes passages from those three things and says, these are the ones to read today. And I find that, you know, it takes me about, if I meditate and I, I'm writing during it, it probably takes me like 30 minutes or more. But um, if you wanted to read the Gospel of John, though, um, you could kind of pace yourself however you want with that. But, but yeah. That's interesting. And, yeah, and you could feel free to ask people questions like, who you know might have good answers or even it's about starting the conversation really. Yeah. It's about being open to it. And, you know, I would even, I would definitely suggest prayer too. Like even, even just being vulnerable and saying something like, God, you know, there's a lot I don't understand in my life. You know, there's a lot I don't understand that's happened, but I want to try and pursue a relationship with you. And I just ask you that you help me with that. And I ask you that you help me to be open to the word that I'm going to read today. And it's a discipline, honestly, because it's not like I'd be lying to you if I said every morning I wake up, I'm like, yeah, I got, I can't wait to read my Bible. It's got to be the first thing I do. Like I do it each morning, but it's a discipline. Like I have to, I have to ask God, you know, God, please help me to be open my heart and mind be open to what I'm about to read today and help me to fully focus on this and, you know, not be distracted by other things. And I'll even pray for it to like, even for it to pierce my heart and reveal the ways that are wrong in me, because it's been said that the Bible reads you and it can act as, as God itself, because of things you hear can make you think, well, wow, there's, there's this, this and that, that, I could be doing that or I, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or, you know, stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's definitely about starting the conversation and, you know, just trying. And I'm sure that if you even Googled it, like how to, even if you're not like fully ready or anything, but like how to become a Christian, you could find some good resources. I'd be happy to do this something. Is probably a dummy, a dummy 101, how to, how to become a Christian. What's that? What's 101? They have all like the uh for dummies, uh it's like how to fix your car for dummies. How to yeah. for dummies. I'm sure there's one for that too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could be anything. I'd be happy so, to look into it for you and pass something along to you if, if you want also. Yeah, I'm I mean I'm down to continue this conversation with you. You were talking you were talking about like prayer and, and, and meditation sort of like I meditate myself. I love meditation, yoga, the whole thing. Right. It's kinda like that whole process of um freeing freeing your mind and uh letting things pass kind of it's a it's like mindfulness it's like mindfulness therapy basically it's having things come into your mind and then letting them pass not really thinking about them not getting held up on the chaoses of life but letting things pass um so you becoming centered in like your prayer before you like let's say you're going through a struggle like 
do you come back to prayer and is that something that centers you before you move forward? Because I know in my life, uh, if I'm get if I'm starting to get lost in what I do or, um, I'm going through a struggle. One thing that really helps me is one meditation and just relaxing myself, freeing my mind and my body, but also telling myself like affirmations to an extent, like I will do this or, uh, so how, how is that kind of similar to saying, how is prayer kind of similar to like telling yourself affirmations and stuff like that? How does, how does it ground you or centers you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say affirmations probably focuses more on what you're going to do personally. Like if I'm going to bat or something, I can say stuff like, I will hit the ball hard. I yeah. will get this run in. Stuff like that. I really believe in and positive I, self-talk. So, yeah, sorry. And I, and I have like, another I question. Do you, when you, pray, when you pray, do you pray out loud? Like, do you, do you talk? Um, so I've done it both ways. I, I, I talk sometimes. I'll do it in my head. I think when I talk, it's a little easier for me because you can put more – I feel like my emotions kind of can be in it a little more. And sometimes when I try and do it in my head, I'll find my thoughts kind of go all over the place a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think prayer, it's definitely good to find a place where you can just, and you could pray with other people, obviously, if you wanted to do that. But if you're just praying by yourself, I think it's good to have a place that I'm going to pray here. I'm going to pray here at this time. And this is how I'm going to do it. And it's just going to be me. Um, for me, I do that before bed, but it's also something where with prayer, I look to do that kind of throughout my day as things come up, you know, if I'm, if I'm like, let's say I'm plan, I'm planning a student teach this fall. So that's something that I could pray about and just ask God's guidance with that and to help me to, um, glorify him through student teaching and just to, to love my students to the best of my ability. And, um, something, and yeah, so, yeah. yes, what something, uh, no, like just, uh, with the, with praying and stuff like that, I can totally see, like, this is, this is what I'm saying. Like I battle the question of, of like the actual God and religion. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of organized religion because just personally, I think it's a scam. I'm not. I'm not saying anything, but I think it's a scam. That's okay. just. That's just personal opinion. But um, every like a lot of things about religion and like the 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 aspects of it that that really affect people's lives is uh, this idea of like this conversation that you're describing of having with God, prayer, and throughout the day, and always having this outlet to kind of remove the self from and it's kind of it's kind of like i'm 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 big into psychology and sports psychology and stuff and there's this idea of uh like verbalizing things that you believe and and stuff like that and with not even not even positive uh positive self-talk but just not saying stupid stupid shit not saying not saying stupid stupid things you know what i mean like um complaining about the hot weather while while you're while you're playing the game or uh 
complaining about your boss because he's so he's so terrible. If you just stop verbalizing these things, you'll actually become happier in your life. And that's kind of along the lines of prayer. You're kind of uh, speaking out to you're obviously you're speaking out to God, but how I would interpret it, you're kind of speaking things into existence. How I would kind of speak things that I want to that I want to present themselves in my life. So for me, it's, it's like, it's, I'm, I'm not sure if it's fact, but it's pretty, uh, it's pretty known that verbalizing your words have 10 times more effect on you than if you were to think them. So negative things that you say out loud will make you believe in yourself more negatively. And more positive self-talk will think of yourself more positively and neutral self-talk will keep your mind focused on like that task and, and the logic of, uh, and the realisticness of the situation. Um, right. And that's been something that kind of like, it's not, it's, it, I guess it's kind of the prayer for myself because every morning I sort of wake up and I, I write down, I wouldn't say I, I verbalize them, but I write down kind of, uh, what I want to accomplish that day. And I make sure that I accomplish it that day or um, mm -hmm. let me, let me try to think of a, a better example. Let me, uh, anyway, but I, I kind of, I kind of wake up and I try to uh, express what my goals are and, and what I want to happen. If something is going poorly, I kind of verbalize the logistics, the logistics of it. If something is in my control or what can I do? What, what can I do to uh, benefit me in this situation or something like that? And I feel like that's the same, same kind of thing with prayer because you are to an extent like verbalizing what you either not necessarily want or what you need help with, or it kind of brings you to, uh, to clarity of what is bothering you too. And yeah, yeah. You can go ahead. All right. Yeah. Um, I would just say a little something that's a little different between prayer and affirmation is that um, like I think it's good to have a plan for the day and try and get those things done. And like I know for me, like I'll write things down that I know I need to try and get done during the day, and I'll, I'll do my best to get those done. But um. I guess the I guess the I guess the biggest thing when people when people think about prayer it's kind of just hoping. It's kind of hoping and is that is that what prayer is just hoping for the best hoping? So that's the thing is the best I don't know what's best really. Like I may think I know what's best. Like I may see something like oh let's say there's a teaching job in the area that I think is best for me and I'm I might hope I get that but ultimately it might not be the best thing. Like ultimately I, I believe that God knows best for me. So a, pr a prayer I pray a lot is God, let your will be done, not my own. And sometimes, you know, maybe the thing I was hoping for was part of the plan and that's what ends up happening. But other times it doesn't and it just doesn't work out the w exact way that I wanted it to. Like look at this past season and look at the last year of college I had, like, I didn't expect it to, to end like that, but that's okay. Like I ultimately, what I'm trying to say is um, 
I know what I want, like, but God knows what I need. So I try and trust him even in that extent where, yeah, I'll, I can, I can try and pursue what I want, but ultimately I need to turn to God and, and his guidance and ask for his will to be done rather than my own, because, you know, a lot of the time what we want not, um, might not be exactly what we need and what we, what's actually, yeah, what we need. Yeah. So it's like, it's date, more of like, it's like dating. It's like, praying. Sorry. Good. Yeah. When you're, when you're praying, it's like a surrender. It's not my will be done, God, but, but yours, like I trust you. And, and God's revealed himself. Um, um, I mean, all throughout the Bible, like you see, and this is something normal that let's just, I'll just talk about the Israelites in the old Testament was all the time. They went through this cycle of, I'm trusting God, something bad happens. I don't trust him. Then something, something bad happens. They, they repent. And then something good happens. They just start trusting again. Like that's kind of, um, it's like a bad cycle to be on where, all right, something bad happened. I can't trust him anymore when he's proven to be faithful. And when I say be faithful, that doesn't mean like things are always going to work out. Um, the way you hope, like, I know you talked about losing your brother. Um, I'm really sorry for a loss. That's terrible. Um, I actually, I lost a brother too. When I was really young, I was two years yeah, old and yeah, a lot of people don't know this because it, it it's not like as profound as what you went through because I was two years old and my brother, Andrew was born with cancer. So he didn't live long at all. Like I, I think he might've lived maybe over a week or so, and then he passed. So I like, I don't understand why that happened. Like, I, I don't know. I, I personally don't know. And I think there are things in life that we just aren't going to know. But for me, it goes back to, I'm living in a fallen world right now. You know, sin has entered the world. That's why there is death. The penalty for sin is death. And that's why Jesus needed to come and and die on the cross because he was without sin. We needed somebody without sin to die for our sins. And now all who put their trust in him can um, attain salvation. And that's not even something I could brag about myself. Like that's something I just have to give glory to God for that. I've even been able to come to accept that. And um, yeah, I feel like I got off topic, but. No, it's, it's cool. Um. All right, I had I had a, I had a thought. It kind of it kind of got away from me, but I wanted to ask you about uh, about something. I was reading this book. You're gonna think I'm crazy. You're gonna th- no, I, no. Literally, you're gonna think I'm crazy. Um, but I was reading this book. I mean, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan and stuff like that. And he was talking about this book called uh, "The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross." You ever hear of it? I don't. I don't think so. Sounds like a funny title. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, um, it basically talks about the relationship between, uh, like religion and, uh, like basically mushrooms, like, uh, like psychedelic mushrooms, you know that? Right. Okay. Do you, do you have any knowledge or did you even know if that's true or has there, is there any, is, is there any like 
knowledge in the Bible or what you've learned through your faith that there is in, in the history of like Christianity and, and religion and stuff like that, like were psychedelics a part of that? Um, I mean, I certainly haven't read anything about that. Um, dumb. I, think <laughs> I can't, believe I, I, can't believe I just asked you that. <laughs> no, it's like, I don't know. That's kind of, kind of strange, but I, I don't know. But, um, I think one thing that trips people up a little bit, I know you said that, um, you think organized religion is, um, what was, what was the exact wording? It was like a scam, right? Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm I'm talking relationship here, you know. Yeah, you're talking more of a deeper relationship, yeah. Like this is. But see, that's that's what's that's what kind of turned me off of trying to develop that relationship. The whole idea of like this, how corrupt religion is and the church and. Yeah, this, I would I mean? say that. You'll find um, you'll find people with bad intentions anywhere, um, and unfortunately, you'll find that in churches as well. But that's not um. I just, um, my prayers, prayer for you and others who might be turned off to the faith because of those things is those people don't re- represent, um, those people aren't doing a job and the Bible certainly isn't teaching what they're doing. So the, the Christian life when lived out and when it's actually lived out is an attractive way to live. Like it's, um, like what's amazing to me is when I'm reading the Bible, uh, I believe it's God's word. I don't believe that it's burdensome, but I believe it's, these are the ways that I can walk in and I walk in these ways. Then I'm walking in the ways that God calls me to. And since I have, you know, since I believe that God's all knowing and he knows what's best for me, I believe that this is the most fulfilling way to live by following what he calls me to do. Now, that being said, I fall so short of God's glory every day. We all do. I sin. You sin. Everybody on the planet sins. Even somebody like Mother Teresa or um, Billy Graham or anybody like that, you know, even they fall so short of God's glory, which is one of the kind of what I was talking about before. It's one of the most freeing things about this whole relationship, right? Because it's, you have this amazing gift that you've done nothing to deserve but you have the opportunity to say, I receive it. And the thing is that um, Jesus is saying to everybody right now that, that he loves them. And we ha- I talked to Jake Bunjo about this on one of our Instagram lives. We have, um, we have the opportunity to say, I love you back. Or we could pull a um, Josh Nichols on Drake and Josh and slam the door and say, see you in chemistry. But we got to pick one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I'm going to, I might get a little philosophical right now, but. Oh, sure. So I, what's been really powerful for me the past few, honestly, the past few years, but I really just read this book. I've, 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 I keep mentioning it. I will continue to mention it because it's absolutely amazing. The book, you have to read it. It's called, It Takes What It Takes by Trevor Moad. Okay. And just the title of the book really. I feel like sums up what life is about. Like it does, I feel like, I mean, for me in my life, that's what I'm saying in my life. It's cause it does take things right. do take what it take. It takes. And, um, in this, in this book, I mean, I didn't read the whole book, but 
sacred mushroom and the cross, it talks about kind of like the origins of how uh, how this idea of of God and 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 like the whole the whole idea, the question, and like the conversation, it started basically. Uh, it describes a time where humanity, uh, where humanity, was just coming up in like the Stone Ages. They're fighting for their life every single day. They're fighting to survive. They're searching for their next meal. Uh, they're searching to w- where they're gonna set up camp next. How they're going to. Uh, d- how, uh, huddled down in the winter and stuff like that. Um, and basically the, it talks about this idea that God came from, the, uh, that man created the image of God after himself. Right. What do you think about that? Cause that's, that's completely opposite of what the Bible teaches that God created man in the image of himself. Am I right? Well, it's an interesting point. Because I, I believe, like, I believe what the Bible says that we're created in God's image. But I think one thing that trips people up a lot is they try and make God into their own image instead of, um, instead well, of taking ins- instead of taking what the Bible says about God, they make him out to be who they imagine God would be like. And I actually read a book on this called um, "Your God's Too Small," and it talked about all these different um labels that god put on that people put on god like that he's this old man in heaven like that he's ready to discipline anybody at any point kind of thing or that he's just this really nice guy with um you know everything's whatever kind of thing and it's just it's labels that people put on god because they think that's how god I imagine God would be, so I'm going to do this. Now, my own beliefs about God stem from the Bible and what I believe that he's revealed himself to be through there, you know, that he's a a loving God, that he's full of grace and mercy. Well, this whole... That he hates sin, but he loves the sinner. Mm. Yeah. See... No, you're good. This is uh, sorry. You're kind of like, I, I, I kind of heard you. I kind of didn't. You were cutting out a little bit, but um, the okay. whole the whole idea the whole idea of it was kind of it's kind of like we were once uh, this community of people that all we wanted to do was be better and 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 be our best selves and to not have to struggle to survive every single day. And honestly, mm-hmm. the only the the reason that I kind of rationalized with this thought. Because it, God, God is uh, this omnipotent sort of sort of being, or supposedly everybody talks to him that he is this omnipotent sort of being. And I feel like in our early days, what I feel like humans, we had to have that thought of, listen, I want to be like, I want to be that, I want to be the best and the most powerful thing I can because right now at one point we were like nothing on the planet. We were nothing compared to these other predators and stuff like that out there. So, I mean, 
it's 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 a it's a it's a crazy question to 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 even think about. Looking up at the night star, or the night stars around a campfire, looking over your shoulder to make sure you're not uh not about to get eaten, and you're just yeah. thinking of of how what your life is and and even like this this could even this could have even been the the starting of consciousness to an to an extent. I mean, you 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 might have a little different belief, but I'm 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 a little uh, I definitely I definitely believe in the whole evolution. Yeah, evolution well, theory and everything. But um, yeah. I'll say this, um, not to cut you off, but you can um, you can believe in evolution and be a Christian. Like there are plenty of Christians who believe in evolution. Like I personally, I haven't done enough research, like to really to say um one way or another, like that's something I need to learn more about, to be honest. But there are plenty of Christians who believe in evolution and Eastern science department actually um, affirms evolution and Eastern's a Christian college. So yeah. I just thought that's something that would be interesting to throw in there. No, definitely. That is interesting. I, how does that, how does that mix in though? How does, with the whole story of Adam and Eve and evolution, how does that mix in for well, you at least? I believe that I'll, yeah, I mean, for me, I believe that I, that actually was something I was hoping to bring up was um, how Adam and Eve tie into all of this was I believe that they're, they were the first human beings and also the first sin of the world, it, I believe then, would be one of pride. And um, they they were like you were talking about. They wanted to be like God. But that's the thing that was a total trick by, by Satan was they already were made in God's image. They were the only creature made in God's image. That's what separates us from a dog or a cat or a lion or anything like that. We're made in God's image and, and they forgot about that so quickly. So they did the one thing that they weren't supposed to do, which was eat from the, um, the tree of knowledge. Yeah. Right. They ate the forbidden fruit. Um, and that was how sin entered the world. And then from there, you know, we needed a way to be redeemed. And that's where Jesus came in um, years later to redeem us from our sins. And if we choose to accept them, give us a way to eternal life. And not only that, but have a relationship with him, experience what comes with that. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a really cool thought of how we often try to make God into exactly how we think he would be rather than take what the the word says about him and i i think that when people do that there's a lot of um there's a lot of chaos there's a lot of um a lot of back and forth and confusion for sure definitely i mean it's just a but we're we're battling some of the hardest questions all humanity's battled all these years you know oh absolutely and we're just a couple well, I'm 22. You're probably 21, right? We're just a yeah. couple of young guys wrestling with this stuff, but I think it's really good to these questions and think. Yeah, I mean that's the God. I guess God wouldn't have given us this brain to not ponder it, right? Yeah, I mean these are um, we're all searching for meaning. I mean we're all wondering why we're here, and um. You know, I kind of shared that in my testimony. Like, I believe that I'm here 
to um, love God, love my neighbor, and spread the gospel to others and everyone that I can. Because, you know, it's like I've got this this good news. I can't keep it to myself. Like, like what's your favorite movie? Like, I'll ask you that. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Um, you ever watch Interstellar? I've heard of it, but oh, I'll, you gotta I'll watch it. One on the list. But <laughs> I bet after you, you saw that movie, you're probably inclined to tell people about it because you're like, man, Interstellar is such a great movie. Like, yeah. it'd be awesome if other people saw it. I mean, you just told me to watch it. So <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah, you just proved the point live. So it's like when you have something that you love and and know to be true, you want to share it with others. So that's kind of why I'm I'm more outspoken about my faith. And I'm, I'm sure there are some people who maybe are like annoyed by it, but I'm literally doing this because like, I believe this is the way to eternity. And Jesus himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father except through me. So if he was the Son of God, like he said, then I really believe that we got to abide by that. And yeah. I mean, Listen, you, just, you, just, you just said something that's, that a lot of people, I think, need to hear. See, yeah. you're, you're conscious. This is something that you're – that is such a huge part of your life. You're so passionate about, and you still kind of had that, like, Oh, people still sometimes get annoyed by it and stuff like that. That's not that who cares what other people think, man. Like, seriously, like we have a voice and everybody has a voice and everybody has their own interests and their own opinions. And some of the best relationships comes at some of the best relationships and some of the best things that have been said have can't just, just been, people talking about their passions and coming out with what they truly feel. And like, dude, even though we might have different beliefs for us to sit down and just have a conversation about this, this is what we're, this is why we're here. I think to have conversations like this, to have, to collaborate on the things that mean that are meaningful in our individual lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think and to spread and to, for you to spread, to spread the good news, like the, the way that you do and the, the, I mean, I don't know how you're enjoying the, the Instagram live with Bunjo. It might be annoying with the uh, technical difficulties sometimes, but like, Oh yeah. I've heard we had those. I didn't even know that, but <laughs> no, I'm just saying with the, with, with the pocket, like today we had some te technical difficulties, but uh, how, how, what kind of habits have you formed like in your faith? Like, like you said, uh, waking up in the morning and practicing a prayer and, and what are the other things you do? I know you have uh, like are the prayer cards something that you use for your prayer or what is that? So I I actually don't have um, prayer cards so what I do is um, like I said in the morning I'll, I'll read my Bible I'll normally grab breakfast and then read my Bible um, I'll use the read the Bible in a year plan that I'm on um, it's on this site called Biblica, um, B-I-B-L-I-C-A for anyone interested. And um, yeah, I'll do that in the morning and then I'll pray before I go to sleep. But that's not the only time I find myself praying throughout the day. You know, prayer might not be something where it's like I sit down for however long and do it. It might be something simply as I'm leaning on God and trusting him with this one thing or I'm just looking to him 
for guidance throughout the day. And my habits that I picked up from it, I guess if you were to put them on paper, is reading the Bible and prayer. But there's just there's just so much more that comes with it when you're living a genuine Christian life because you're not alone with it. Like as you as you try to be more like Christ, the Holy Spirit will help you. And it's a constant process that you continue throughout your life. Like there's not going to become a day where I say, all right, that's it. There's nothing more I can do. I'm exactly where I need to be a Christian. And as a human being, I'm going to, I'm going to stop um, practicing these things because I've reached the pinnacle. It's actually the opposite of that. You realize all right, I'm a sinner in need of God's mercy. And it's amazing that he's chosen to love me, chosen to forgive me, chosen to die on the cross for me. So I'm going to, however I can, try and glorify him through my life. And, you know, what the Bible teaches, if everybody followed the Ten Commandments for a day, everybody in the world just followed the Ten Commandments for a day, I don't know what these news networks would do. They'd probably run out of stories to tell. It would oh, just... Yeah. They thrive, off of, uh, they thrive off of chaos and our savagery. Yeah, it would turn into some good news with John Krasinski every single night then because that's all there would be because there wouldn't be um, the bad things happening. That being said, we're sinful, so of course we're going to sin. But, um, but yeah, what the Bible teaches and the ways that the Holy Spirit's continued to work in my life as I try and pursue um, being Christ-like is just good characteristics. And I'm, like I said, I fall so short, but, you know, the things that Christianity values, you know, I mean, the call of a Christian is love. Like the Bible says, they're to know we're Christians by our love. The sad thing is there are a lot of people out there who say they're Christians who aren't loving, you know, they're, they might be hypocritical, they might well, be judgmental well, of people. God in the God in the Bible, from my understanding, he seems like a um, a very hard God, and he seems like uh, he's how how would I be able to put it? He seems like he doesn't. He just doesn't seem like a very nice God. Yeah, I mean, so I could see where that perception can come from. Because, um, I mean, when you read some parts of the Old Testament, it kind of se- it can kind of seem sometimes like, why are these things happening to these people? But yeah, like he's doing, like he's, I, like it's like he's almost toying with humans. So the way I look at it is this, Steve. Um, what do I really bring to the table in my life? Well, I, I bring my sin. Uh, I can't think of anything else because I really like all I genuinely do. I bring sin to the table and, and sometimes by God's grace, I do something good and and that's nice, but it's like what I have in life right now. I I, I feel like I I haven't, I don't deserve this. Like I'm a sinner. I just need God's mercy, but he's chosen to. I think you're a pretty nice dude. Honestly, you're a lot nicer than most of the people that I know in my life. I appreciate, I appreciate that. But honestly, look at, I, I, dude, I've, I've looked at, I've looked at you. I've looked at, uh, uh, chicken broth, uh, chicken broth (laughs) broth. 
I've looked at Brad and honestly, bro, like, like coming, coming to a Christian school, it was kind of like a perception shift because instantly I felt like I was surrounded by, uh, like just morally good people. Honestly, like to be completely honest with you, I feel like I was just surrounded by completely morally people, moral people, not complete. I mean, I got to say some, some, nothing's absolute, but like I looked around at some of you guys and you guys just like, uh, you guys had it, you guys had, uh, this, like this attitude about life that was kind of just, uh, humbling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of to get to your point is, you know, we as human beings kind of have, um, we have our standards are a lot lower than God's. Like the thing is, um, the penalty for sin is death. That's why we needed um, Jesus to lay down his life for us. And um, so I look at my life as um, I'm blessed far beyond what I deserve. And all I have is God's. And He he's perfectly just to do whatever he wants in my life. That being said. Don't sell yourself you, short, Freddie. You're a good person. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, it's like... um. The, the good that's in me is um it's because of christ and it's like look, look i i'll be i would be lying to say i don't say other people are good people too but that's more of a reflection of my own low standards like as humans we have lower standards than god like i could say oh that per you're a good person that person's a good person but like i don't know the full story and the, and I look at it like this. Um, God himself is good. He's laid out the ways that we're to walk. And if we turn our back on them, we're turning our back on somebody who's good and hasn't done anything wrong. And, you know, we'd be perfectly just to be punished for it. And, um, but yeah, I would, I almost forgot to point this out. When it seems like God's being harsh in the Bible, you'll find the pattern that when the people repent, you know, he he hears them and he he has mercy on them. Like there's no final straw with God. You know what I mean? Like if you repent, he'll he'll forgive you. You just have to ask for forgiveness, which is the amazing thing. And um yeah, from what I know about God in the Bible, I don't think of him as a hard God because Christianity is the only religion that teaches that God walked among us and suffered among us, that in the form of Jesus Christ, God laid down his life on the cross for us. And at at any point, he could have gotten himself out of that and saved himself, but he chose to stay up there and and die for our sins. That's the thing that I think separates Christianity from other religions is that it teaches that God's walked among us, God suffered among us, and the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. It's just Jesus wept. That's what it says when he finds out that one of his friends passes away and he raises him up from the dead, but that hurt is real and he has compassion on us in that way. And even though he raised him from the dead, it's easy to see that and be like, oh, it was no big deal. He just raised him from the dead. Everybody who Jesus healed while he was here went on to die at some point. So, and um, 
yeah, that's kind of like when I read the Bible, these are the things that I've been informed of, of God. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's easy to sometimes read it and be like, wow, that's a crazy thing that happened. But when you look at our real, um, our heart can, our sin condition and like how much we really do wrong. It's crazy, but that's, that's what makes you appreciate, appreciate the, um, the mercy and the grace and the love so much. It's like, you got a gift that you totally didn't deserve. It would be like, I failed an exam and I don't know, my parents took me out to dinner as a congratulations for failing an exam. It, It doesn't make sense, you know? So, Freddie, what does sin look like in your life? Can I ask you that, or is that too personal? Because if you if you think that you sin a lot, I must sin like a, like a, like it's my job, dude. Well, the good thing is it's not a competition. We all will do it, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I try and examine my conscience each night. I just think of ways that I may have is it like bad? God, and it is could it, be um. Is it like bad habits, things that you think? I mean, honestly, a lot of the time it ends up being the same things. Like, because, well, there, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, I feel like this is a verse that um really just describes how we are as humans a lot. He says, I do what I don't want to do. And that's, I feel like, really telling for how we end up acting and that's somebody who laid down his life for his faith he got you know killed for being a christian do what i don't want to do dude that's powerful yeah because that's like 90 i'm sorry you cut out what was that and um it's just you keep asking yourself why do i keep doing these things and it's because we're sinners that being said you know certain sins in your life you can what kind, of, what kind of things though like what you can pray about them what kind of things for me personally or like just i mean um, i won't get too in depth but i would just say station with me and not really listening to them i'm just trying to get to my point and i'm not being respectful to them or it could be something like I'm being disrespectful to my parents. Uh, okay. It could be a pride thing. Like, um, that's, that was one of, that was, that was something that I, I, I could be, I um, had to reflect on in my life. Yeah. I think, well, one thing my parents instilled in me was, um, let other people talk about you, talk about them, like really try and, um, talk positively about them and point out the things that they do well. Cause when I was younger, I'd be the first one to point out, like, oh, yeah, I was three for four today. Isn't that awesome? And nobody wants to hear that. Like, nobody wants to hear that from me. So it's like, how about I put other people up instead? And, um, yeah, I mean, um, if I had a day of my life, like, I'd fall short of God's glory. And I'm sure there are ways that I've sinned that – um that I don't even realize I've, I've done. And um, again, that kind of goes back to the grace and the love and the mercy that God provides. It's something that 
I know I don't deserve it. I've lost track of the amount of times I sinned. I, I know I don't deserve it, but you know, it's because of who he is and he, he chooses in spite of my sins to wipe them away with his blood and choose to forgive me and love me and bless me and even use me to spread this, this good news I know to others. And it's just an amazing gift for me to be able to talk to you and talk to other people about it. All right, dude, we're, we're, I mean, I think we're, I think we're starting to, I'm getting a little tired of myself. I don't know. I don't know how much time you got. I kind of just have one more thing I want to touch on. Um, yeah, coming, sure. coming up and like you starting uh, this faith journey and stuff like that, uh, becoming a part of your youth group and, and, and the church, how could like our listeners use faith or go, embark on a faith journey to find themselves or find like their direction in life? And how has how has it really helped you find your direction in life? Well, I think that's the thing is it like doesn't with, necessarily with the, mean I know with studying education and stuff with studying education and stuff like that. Did that did that spark from this the same journey? Um, well, I think teaching is something that I've kind of been able to picture myself doing and. Uh, it's still something I'll continue to pray about because who knows, I could start teaching and then maybe through a lot of prayer, I can feel like maybe God's leading me in a different direction. And that happens to people, you know, but um, there, there's one thing I would um, just leave with anyone who listened to this is um, thank you for listening. Um, and also give it a shot, be open to I would definitely recommend reading the Gospel of John. It, it might not sound like an exciting thing to do, but really just do some investigating with it and be open to um, just be open to pursuing a relationship with Christ and and ask God to help you with that even. And um, just knowing that you have the opportunity to do that. And just that, I mean, it comes down to this. Jesus is either the Son of God or he was you know, crazy. It's one of the two. And if he was who he says he was, then this is like an eternal thing. This is a choice that there's like eternity on the line with um, what you decide to choose. So that's why I'm so vocal about it. And um, yeah, just anybody out there, just I encourage you to, to be open to it, you know, be open to at least trying it, at least researching it and um, reading the gospel of John and pursuing God through prayer. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's great getting to talk to you, Steve. And dude, really was, thank you for letting me come out tonight. Dude, of course, bro. I, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I think we had uh, a real good conversation. I thought, I think it brought a lot of value. Honestly, the thing that I took away from talking to you, uh, forgiveness is like, forgiveness is one of the most important parts about life. I think. Because just how you describe how God has forgiven us for our sins and he will, and he does forgive us for our sins and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of, you, you got to also forgive yourself. And, and just like how you said, like we are, we are sinners. Like we could be ours. Yeah. I mean, in your, in your words, we are sinners and stuff like that. And when you do do things wrong, if you have bad habits, if you're stuck in a rut, 
if you're doing something that's really not benefiting you at all, like it's, it's, it's like you have to be able to forgive yourself to even just move on from that, to even forgive yourself for doing that bad thing and be like, all right, listen, tomorrow is going to be a different, a different choice. I'm going to try to do better tomorrow because that's really all you can do. You know, you can't be, yeah, I think that's a great point. Good. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that that's a great point. And um, the thing is that, you know, Satan is real and he'll, he'll use these things to like, because the devil is not stupid. Like he's, he's the father of lies. He knows how to, how to trick you. So what I'm really trying to get at is before you sin, he'll make you think of God's mercy. He'll have in your head. Yeah. God's going to forgive me for this. That's true. But then after you sin, he'll remind you of God's judgment and he'll remind you, wow, how come did you do that? That was a horrible thing to do, that kind of thing. So just like you said, being able to forgive yourself, like, I mean, being able to repent and um, be able to move on to the next thing and not beat yourself up. And I'm, that's really important, like you said. Yeah, man, for, for, I think for some, for some people, uh, really diving into faith and, and maybe the Bible could really help them out big time because a lot of people are, a lot of people search every day for that grounding factor in their life and what kind of centers them. And I mean, for, for personally, for me, it, it hasn't been it for me, for you, it definitely has been. And I think it's, uh, I think it's one of the most powerful things somebody can introduce into their lives. Even, even coming from somebody that's not, that's not entirely accepting of it. I accept here. I, I, I accept certain parts here and there. I mean, that's, I might be sinning for doing that, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I mean, when I say um, to everybody, you know, keep investigating. That goes for me too. Like I need to keep doing the same thing and I need to keep, um, I need to keep learning myself because that's all it know, is. You might've brought me on. Yeah. You, you might've brought me on to talk about faith, but you know, I'm by no means an expert and I've still got a ton of learning to do. And I still, still a lot of things I need to continue searching as well. So yeah. I feel like it's just so great to talk to somebody who's willing to ask these questions and, you know, with whatever it is you're talking about, be willing to take questions and talk about it because that's how you grow and you hear what other people say and you learn about them. And totally, I just man. think that's awesome. That's totally. Great. So it is starting the conversation, baby. Dude, thank you for yeah, coming absolutely. on. Thank you for coming on again. I, I, I loved having this conversation with, with you. We got to do it again. Absolutely, man. God bless. I appreciate you and, uh, having so me on. Tell, tell everybody uh, your information. How can they find you on Instagram or? Yeah, um, I'm just at Freddie Yon, just as it sounds, F-R-E-D-D-Y-Y-H-N, no spaces, no underscores or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, me and my friend Jake Bunjo, um, I think he's at J underscore B-U-N-J-O. Um, we've been going live on Instagram at 
normally 7 p.m. on Tuesdays, just, you know, talking about God, talking about the word and, you know, just whatever. And it's been really fun to do that with him. And it'd be awesome to see any of you who listen to join in on that. And once again, Steve, I, I thank you for having me on. No problem, man. I, I loved it. I loved having it. Have yourself a good night, man. You too, man. Thank you. No problem. See you, bro. Yeah.